Well, it's good to see all of you, and I'm so grateful that you have tuned into today's service and that uh, we're able to just gather around the Word of God and encourage one another and inspire one another and just help us keep moving forward towards Jesus, towards His church, and that the mission of God would continue to be birthed and stirred within our hearts and be able to be accomplished through our lives. And uh, today, what I'm hoping to accomplish is to talk about us being a refreshing people. We have spoken so much uh, and necessarily around trauma, uh, around what we've been going through in the last 17 months. And uh, it is, it's helpful that we're able to stand and hold one another's arms up uh, at times like this. And so today, I'm just going to push us a little bit further, try and pull us into uh, having eyes that go a little bit further, being able to see just a little bit further than our own stories, and that we would become a refreshing people. We would take up that responsibility within our city of being a people that uh, refresh others and are able to be an oasis of some sort uh, for others in this day. Uh, this past week, uh, I came across this statement, which says this, The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. And it got me wondering, just as I was reflecting upon it, just uh, why uh, there are definitely some faces that come to mind where I will avoid wanting to avoid meeting with them or being with them. I, I come away from certain interactions uh, and certain people just being uh, kind of just devoid of energy, feeling a little flat, feeling a little despondent, even depressed. And then there are others that I can't wait to be around because I always am inspired when I'm with them and I leave them and I feel reinvigorated and I feel refreshed and I feel like I've got encouragement and hope to keep going. And uh, you're probably doing the same thing right now. And then I turned the question just a little bit more as I reflected to ask myself the question of what kind of person am I? Uh, am I a face that comes to mind in maybe some of your minds where you try to avoid a meeting? You, you don't want to uh, be in my presence because I leave you feeling drained. Uh, or am I the kind of person where people uh, want to be in my presence because they feel refreshed? They feel like they've been reinvigorated. They've got strength for another day. And uh, upon this, I, I kind of go, well, actually, that's what all of us would desire to be. I, I would imagine that we would want to be people that can refresh others. We'd want to be people that uh, it's safe to be around and it's healthy to be around. And so I want to, again, just focus in today on us being a people of refreshing, that we would be, uh, that it would be said of us, I, I long to be with you because I am refreshed when I am with you. And so this is our goal, that we would go on a journey of being a people of refreshing and uh, being able to just kind of take hold of what we've been going through and say, okay, that's fine. We, we, we know that there's been challenging days and it's tough days, but there is more within us. There is greater capacity. Can we be refreshing to others? And so just our first point today is that refreshment reinvigorates. It reinvigorates. And uh, this is where we're going to, uh, to go. We're going to look at Romans chapter 15, verses 31 to 32. And it says this, Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea. I've uh, just kind of taken that out. So pray that I may be kept safe from, and that the contribution I take to, 
may be favorably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. And so what we have here is Paul writing to the church in Rome uh, and he's saying, listen, pray that I may be kept safe so that as I go to Judea, as I go to, uh, to a place that that I will uh, be able to take my contribution, uh, take that which is of me, that which I'm going to go and put in to try and add value and that it will be favor- favorably received. Uh, in effect, what he's saying is, would you pray that I would be able to go and refresh others? And then if that is the case, then he's saying, so that I may then come to you with joy and in your company be refreshed. And so what Paul's writing to the church here is, I want to refresh others and I am fully aware that there are times that I need to be refreshed and I would like you, Roman church, to, uh, to come and refresh me in that day once I have been a blessing in another place. And so Paul was quite able to handle both of those things, that being able to refresh others and be refreshed by others. And so the, the story that comes to mind uh, for me is uh, found in Joshua chapter 15 and David, uh, King David, is on the run from Saul and, uh, and he comes across, in the middle of the wilderness, he comes across this place called Ein Gedi uh, and it was uh, an oasis in the desert. And so if I can just uh, relay that into today's day and age uh, to what we're facing, many of us have been in a wilderness. We're in a dry season. We're hardly able to gather as the church. Uh, it's restricted. It's limited. It's, it's, uh, our business dealings are limited. Our family excuse me, dealings, school, etc., etc. There's a bit of a wilderness, but there's an oasis in the wilderness. This was Angeri for David, and it was a place of refreshing. It was a place of refreshing in the midst of the wilderness. And so Angeri is the biggest oasis in Israel, and uh, at its, uh, what, what has caused it was a spring. Uh, what caused this oasis was a spring. And so uh, from the spring welled up water and it released water in such vast amounts that there was a waterfall in that place and palm trees. And so it really was one of these, uh, one of these amazing kind of movie-like environments of, uh, of springs and waterfalls and palm trees in the midst of desert. And so when I look at just a, a place of refreshing in the midst of the wilderness and it was birthed by a, a spring which overflowed to a waterfall, I, again, I go to that scripture, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I think actually, okay, so the spring, that, that which is within us, that which God put into the earth to bubble up water, that which God has put into us and out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks, what is that which flows over? What is the waterfall coming out of our mouths? Is it uh, to go back to Winston Churchill's comment, do we see difficulty in every opportunity or do we see opportunity in the midst of every difficulty? Uh, What kind of a person are we? Do we drain energy or do we bring in, do we breathe life into that space? Do we, out of the springs of our own lives, out of the well, out of our souls, out of our heart, is the overflow, is what people are getting saturated in, that which is difficulty and loss and burden, or is it life and abundance and palm trees and refreshing water, uh, as our desire is that in our company, people may be refreshed. This is the story. And then it goes on in Song of Songs 114, talking about Angeli, uh, also as the place of vineyards that would refresh. 
And so it's both the spring and the waterfall out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, but also these vineyards, that which is sown into the ground, that which is produced. And so there's an internal and an external production. And, uh, and so this Angeli, this place of refreshment, remember that, re- that refreshing, refreshment reinvigorates. Just this is a kind of people that I think we'd want to be. And so what's in our hearts and what seed are we sowing? What vineyards are we cultivating that people can be refreshed? And so it's both our heart and our work. Uh, if we uh, just take another step, okay, so we, we know that uh, refreshment would uh, reinvigorate people. We, we want to be able to add strength to people at this time. We want to be a person that uh, others love to hang around, that they feel like they, they want to be with us because they leave in better condition than when they came. We want to be those people. Uh, we, we pick up that actually endurance is that which, is enc- which encourages. Uh, this is by no means an exhaustive list. But uh, as we read in Romans chapter 15, as I'm about to read now, we'll see that endurance is uh, something that refreshes, it encourages, it brings refreshment to others. And so if we can grow our endurance, we're able to bring encouragement, we're able to bring refreshment, which can invigorate, it can reinvigorate those that are in our presence. And so uh, we read in Romans chapter 15, verses 5 to 6, it says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Endurance, encouragement, one mind, one voice, same attitude as Christ had towards us, These are significant words for us to be reading and hearing at this point in time. It's the same attitude as Christ had towards us. And and immediately my mind goes to the story that it was for the joy set before him that Christ endured the cross. And so for those that are maybe new to the Christian faith or maybe exploring Christianity, the cross is that uh, symbol. It was was that, that the event that we talk about in Christianity where our sin... Uh, was taken care of. We could never stand righteous before our Father in heaven. Uh, just we, we, we live in a fallen world, in a broken world. We're born into that. And yet uh, the cross of Jesus Christ, where his, he gave his life as a sacrifice for our lives so that we're able to live that symbol, the cross, the same attitude that Christ had towards us. And so for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so if endurance, if growing our capacity for endurance is that which can bring encouragement to others and therefore can reinvigorate others as it refreshes them, then, uh, then what, what is it that grows endurance? And we see here for Jesus, it was the joy set before him. So he was able to keep his mind on the things uh, that were important. He was able to look beyond the crowds abusing him and spitting on him and cursing him and uh, beyond the barrenness of the land and beyond all of that. He had a, he had a greater hope. He had a joy. He had something which internally motivated him. It was out of the overflow of his heart that the waterfall, if I can really mix my stories and metaphors, it was out of the overflow of the heart that he was able to grow his capacity to endure. And, uh, and we see here that it's, it's the God, it, it is God who gives endurance and encouragement. 
so just a story. Uh, the Doozy is a it's a river, but it's it's also known as a it's a canoe race. It's the largest canoe race in the world, and it runs from Peter Maritzburg to Durban along uh, a couple the Amzumduzi River and then into the Amgeni River, and uh, it was. Uh, my third attempt, the story I'm about to tell was my third attempt at the doozy. The previous two, I uh, had failed to make it to the finish line. Uh, the first one, uh, my, my boat broke in half, and so we weren't able to finish. The second one, we were doing really, really well. End of day two, it's a three-day race. End of day two, my partner got really sick and couldn't complete the race. And so I was on my third attempt at the doozy. Uh, I know for some of us, it feels like we're at our third attempt, fourth attempt, fifth attempt at life, fifth attempt at being able to find endurance in this season of COVID. Uh, we're, we're, we're clutching at things. We've failed, but we've managed to get up. We've failed. We've managed to get up. And then we think, can we, do we have it in us? And uh, on the second day of my third attempt, uh, I was with a partner. We were in a, in, a, in a double boat and we hit a rapid called the washing machine. Uh, now, as you can picture, or as you can imagine, when, when a rapid is entitled that, that's exactly what happens. And so it's a whole bunch of water, almost like a waterfall that goes over a rock ledge, and then it sucks back on itself. And so you have to punch really hard to get through that. And what happened on this particular day for us is uh, I was in the back of the boat, my partner was in the front, and we punched through it, or we punched into uh, the washing machine rapid, and our boat popped the top half and the bottom half of the boat came apart, uh, which is really not helpful. And it just got swallowed up with water. I got thrown out of the boat in the washing machine. And what ended up happening was uh, my, life, my life-saving device was the thing that very nearly killed me because I got caught on the rudder and the boat in the washing machine as the water sucked back, stuck up into the air. The rudder's now underwater. My, my life-saving device was uh, attached to the rudder and I was being held underwater. It was a very scary moment. I know I'm telling it possibly with a bit of lightheartedness now, but in the, at the time it wasn't, it wasn't that. And when you are canoeing, uh, the idea when you see boats and rapids is to avoid them. I'm so grateful that there was a boat behind us that could see uh, the, 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 uh, the trauma, the, the chaos of what was taking place, could see that I was being held under the water. And so at great risk to themselves, they aimed the nose of their boat directly at our boat, which was standing up in the water, to hit our boat to try and pop me out. Thankfully, that happened. We were able to get into calmer waters. And uh, I'm so grateful that uh, at the risk to themselves, they were able to rescue me from that position. That didn't mean that we were going to then finish the, finish the race because our boat was sitting in half. And again, I'm so grateful for a man that I was, I was partnering at that point in time who had finished the doozy on a couple of occasions. I had never finished it. I thought this was going to be my third time that I wasn't going to be able to finish. And he said, Richard, I've been here before. We can do this. And with a whole lot of duct tape, we put that boat back together and uh, we finished day two and went on to finish day three. But day two took us six and a half hours, which should have taken three and a half hours. And there were two moments in that, uh, in that occasion, in that event, that have just always struck me. That one, at risk to themselves, a boat would, uh, would knock us because they could have fallen out themselves. They could have broken their boat. They could have ended their own race. 
but to save me they didn't. And then a partner who had endurance in him, he knew we could get through this. He had been there before. And with the capacity for endurance that he had, which was less than mine, I was ready to call it quits, to throw in the towel. He said, we're not going to, even though it's going to take us three hours longer, we're going to tape this up and we're going to get to the finish. And so I say all of that to say, actually, we can grow in our endurance. We can grow in that. And when somebody has endurance in them and they're able to say, you can do this. I know this is your third time and the previous two you haven't made it. I know this is 17 months around the same mountain. I know this may be five years of your business struggling. I know there may be 10 years of your uh, marital, having some marital difficulties. I know, I know, I know. But with endurance, Uh, I'm able to bring encouragement. I'm able to say I've lived that story and I can help you. And there are people in our communities that have lived that story, that have grown in their endurance capacity so that they can encourage you when you need it most, when you feel that your boat has come in half, when you feel that you're caught in that washing machine and it's just sucking back on itself, when you feel that the very thing that should be saving your life is that which is holding you under the water, trapped on the rudder, when you feel all of those things, There is a community. There is an Angedi. There is an oasis in the midst of the wilderness. There is a people of refreshing. If we would just reach out to them uh, and position ourselves in such a way that we can see that that, that we are visible to them, that they would take the risk. Uh, They would, at cost to themselves or at potential risk themselves, be able to knock you free, be able to tape up your vehicle and help you get to the finish This is the story that I want to be a part of. It's the kind of people that I want to be. I want to be a a refreshing company. I want to be those. And so endurance does encourage. And so then we ask, okay, so what builds endurance? What what builds that? How do we keep a, a flexing muscle? How do we keep growing in that? And so this would lead me to our third point for today, which is this, that actually we've got to keep hope alive. I know this has been a bit of a, uh, I suppose, a hashtag or a mantra for us as Anthem over the last couple of years, uh, particular events that have happened. But if we can keep hope alive, and so we're going to turn to Romans chapter 15, verses 2 to 3. If you haven't noticed uh, what's been taking place today is we've, we've taken Romans 15 and we've actually worked from the back to the front to be able to capture the story of how we can be refreshing company. And it says this, each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. We might have hope. And so keeping hope alive, how do we do that? We're, we're sitting in these days in a wilderness. Where's the Ongedi? Where's the, the overflow of the heart? Where is the, the natural spring? Well, actually, that's where we've got to draw on what God has put in us and what he has given to us. And I love this scripture, which says uh, it's through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide. The endurance taught in the scriptures. See, friends, we've got to remind ourselves of the stories of the scriptures. I think biblical literacy is crucial to us gaining in our endurance, which then helps us to encourage others, which helps us to reinvigorate and be a company of refreshing. And so this is just a a couple of the stories that I want to remind us of. 
Israel were 40 years in the desert before their promised land. If we can just get perspective that God honored that journey in the 40 years, it, must, it couldn't have felt like God was taking them on a, on a journey towards a, a promised land, to, towards a, a land flowing with milk and honey. And yet God was faithful to that. We see Israel 70 years were in captivity, but God set them free. We see Israel 400 years, God was silent to them as a father. Moses, he was 40 years in the wilderness on his own before he then led Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. So 80 years of Moses' 120 were spent in the wilderness. And yet Moses is revered for being a man of faith and God entrusted leadership to him. I think, friend, what we, what we get from the scriptures when it, when it says here, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures... We get to see that our perspectives can sometimes be very narrow in our timelines. We're, we're a generation, we're an age of everything just being really quick, instant. I can do online shopping and within an hour it's arriving at my doorstep. And so the concept of 40 years waiting for God to come through is just so foreign to us. But if we can read the scriptures, if we can allow them to teach us, we can grow in our endurance. We can grow in our perspective. We think 17 months of COVID, how long, oh God, how long, oh God. And then we measure 17 months against 40 years in the wilderness. And we go, okay, jeepers, let's get some perspective. It's just but a fleeting moment. We possibly think we've had business challenges for five years, as I mentioned earlier. Okay, let's hold that against 400 years of silence. Uh, or marriage difficulty for a couple of years. And we, we, we think about the 40 years in the desert that Moses had to spend before spending another 40 years with the people of Israel. See, the endurance taught in the scriptures helps us to see things correctly. So at this time, I would encourage you, friends, what, what's my word of encouragement to us today is dive into the scriptures. Allow the stories that God uh, of God's faithfulness to his people over generations, allow them to grow our capacity to endure. Allow Jesus Christ's attitude of for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Allow that to stretch us, to grow us, to see things in right perspective. And as our endurance grows, so we're able to handle. Okay, we're in the third wave here in KZN. Numbers are increasing. If we have to go into another kind of higher lockdown, it's okay. If it means we are unable to gather as the church, it's okay. Why? Because endurance, 40 years, 80 years 400 years we've got time we've got perspective we've grown in our capacity and because I've grown in my capacity I'm able to sit here and say it's okay to you friend I can encourage you because the perspective I've got endurance I can encourage you to say it's going to be okay God has always come through what the enemy is intended for harm God can intend for good God does intend for good he's always going to come through what he has promised he will fulfill and so we've never seen, the psalm says, the righteous neglected or forsaken. We are in God's hands, friends, so we can endure 17 months of COVID. And if it is another 12 months, it's okay. We can endure it because we can encourage one another and we can be a people of refreshing. We're able to be like Paul. I can bring refreshing to you in one area and I can go to another and find refreshment there. And so could we become that culture? Could we become that community that refreshes one another and gains refreshment from one another? That we can give and we can receive 
We can be this community as we continue to grow. And so this is what we see. Refreshment reinvigorates. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that when, when you are in your darkest hour and you think, who can refresh me? I want to be one of those guys that comes up in your mind. I don't want to be a drain to you in any way. I don't want to be the guy that tells you all the sorrow stories. Even though they may be true, I want to leave you with encouragement. And so how do we refresh? How do we reinvigorate? Well, it's endurance that encourages us. So how do we build endurance? Well, we keep hope alive because as we look at the scriptures and it builds endurance, it keeps the hope before us alive. And so friends, today, this is just what I want to encourage us in. We can be a refreshing people. We can be an oasis in the wilderness for a great many. If we would just take hold of this, if we would deepen our endurance, as we take hold of the scriptures, as we read the stories of God's faithfulness over time. And so may I call you into that for today. May that just be something of our encouragement uh, today. And as I go all the way back to the first uh, quote, the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. Let's be those that would be the oasis. Let's be those that see opportunity in every difficulty. Let's be those where people think fondly of us and want to engage with us because they leave us better than when they arrived. And so uh, I want to thank you, friends, just for allowing me to just bring this simple scripture, this word. Hopefully it encourages. Hopefully it invigorates. Hopefully it grows some capacity for endurance. And hopefully it just keeps some hope alive in the midst of the wilderness that we're facing. And so bless you. Thank you so much.